Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Yuni Cardenas, and this is the August 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode, Uni. Good to be back, and uh, I won't be here next month, so let me make the best of this month. That's right. That's our first announcement is that we are going to be bringing the icon, Katie Gersh. The legendary. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) For the next episode on the podcast because Uni is going to be traveling. As per usual. And other than that, we also are celebrating the two year anniversary of the podcast at the end of August on the 28th. It'll be two years. Can you believe that? I absolutely cannot believe that because, you know what, let me backtrack. Yes, I can't believe it because we are much better speakers and uh, more proficient podcasters than we were at the very start of this journey. We've had all the technical difficulties you could possibly imagine. And you know what, it made us, (laughs) uh, I want to say stronger. But you know what, speaking of stronger (laughs) than than yesterday. yesterday. Something else that we want to give an announcement slash shout out to is another icon. I mean, this is a huge icon, the Britney Spears. If you have not been keeping up with the free Britney movement, you are missing out because this shit is entertaining as fuck. First off, it's also disturbing as fuck. And how far you can get lost in the reads of it is almost fucking incredible. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So a couple things you can check out if you are curious about free Britney which this is totally a podcast that supports the Free Britney movement 100%. Some resources that you can look into, one that you probably know about already is called Framing Britney Spears. That is a documentary. It's available on Hulu. And then there's also a multi-part series available for free on YouTube by a user of the name Deep Dive. There are so many different parts to it. It is so fascinating. It's enraging. It's interesting. It's disturbing on so many levels that they took this woman's freedom away. I mean, the TLDR on this is that at 26 years old, they got her diagnosed with dementia, which that's a bunch of shit. I mean, but look at all the shit that's like coming out. Like right off the bat, we're looking at Herophon Energy, which we're totally sitting in right now. That's right. Yep. (laughs) And another resource that I have for you guys on the Free Britney movement that I highly recommend is on Instagram. There is a user... Her handle is at House in Habit, and she is doing some amazing citizen journalism. She's got multiple story highlights on her IG feed where she shows receipts of what has been going on with Brittany and people who are actually supporting her and then people who are pretending to support her like (laughs) Jamie Lynn Spears, Um, (laughs) her sister air quotes around that um, and her quote family who are running the conservatorship that has been abusing her for years. And leeching off of her. And sucking her money dry. So top of the episode, want to mention the Free Britney movement. Please check that out. Please raise awareness. It's important. And other than that, we want to wish a very happy birthday to our Leos and Virgos. And among them are my love, Dave, Chris, Alex, Kim Dubs, 
And for me, I know she's not listening because she doesn't speak English, but the most prized and valuable human being in my entire existence, my grandma. Aw, feliz cumpleaños. Yep, my grandma's boy. Amazing. Gotta love those lions and those virgins, yeah. as we call them. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure you are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that ain't no lie. And Uni, you are still posting tarot videos on your Instagram pages. Where can people connect with you? As per usual, you can connect with me personally at Uni666, or you can connect with me at Aquarian underscore Sage. Love it. And then, like we said, our girl Katie is going to be back in action. You will remember her from the April and May Transits and Tarot episodes. She'll be back on the September Transits and Tarot episode. You can connect with her on Instagram. Her handle is at curious underscore Katie cat with a K for both (laughs) Katie and cat. And then for me, you can connect with me and keep up with all the behind the scenes goodness going on with the podcast and transits in real time, as well as tarot at soul full of it on Instagram. And from there, I just wanted to ask Uni, how has the shift from cancer season into Leo season been for you? Well, considering the fact that we started off Leo season with an Aquarius full moon, which has historically been difficult for me, it's been a little bit rough, but feathers are a little bit ruffled, but she's out there. <laughs> she's out there and she's ready for round two because it ain't the only Aquarius full moon that we have got this year. Oh, I am so aware. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be unpacking that during this episode. So just a little teaser for you guys. And that's all the announcements that we've got for you guys. Short and sweet this time around. That's right. And let's jump into the tarot. Uni, what cards have we pulled for the month if you want to introduce them And tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, sure. So for what is here right now, we got the Page of Wands. And I feel like the Page of Wands is a very beautiful and powerful energy to really embody. It is literally taking the archetype of the magician, pulling it into your own channel and embodying it. And I'm not going to lie. When I go out into the world, I channel this energy very much so even to the point that I am wearing a feather on my hat. Out of all of the page cards, he is engaging with the wand, appreciating it, making sure that he is in relationship to it, which is also a reminder of how it is that you are in relationship to things that are outside of the scene. Because anything that you are interacting with, whether physical or non-physical, you are leaving an energetic marker to it. And he's a reminder of how... It is that we are pinging energy towards us in the way that we move in the world. He's also a reminder of what it means to be so in that beautiful state of alignment with yourself that you are an incarnation of the panaz. And the panaz being like that flair, that unique touch within you that is the hallmark of your twist on things which is, I think, really important, especially when you're working with things like tarot and astrology. All of these things are coming through your channel. So what is your individual flavor to it that makes it that much more savory, delicious, inviting, and alluring for other people? Mm, I love that. Yes. What is your relationship to the sacred tools that you are engaging with? 
Mm-hmm. And how do you wear that? How do you move around with it? And I love the card because it's like when you look at the traditional Smith Rider weight, he's wearing like this cloak looking thing. He's fancy as fuck. <laughs> he looks good. Yeah, he looks like he just got off of a music festival or something. Right. But he's in the desert and he's got these like pyramids behind you, which is also like alluding to like the ancient Egyptian origins of the tarot, which also is creating that structure which is a pyramid and what is the most stable structure if not that pyramid and sometimes if you want to feel really protected within that sphere put yourself in a layer of pyramids bro i mean you know maybe don't join an mlm but <laughs> it depends on what kind of pyramids you're into <laughs> no pyramid schemes here <laughs> it reminds me of the episode of uh it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They have they have an episode about a pyramid scheme and it's like <laughs> and he's explaining it and he draws it out and it's a it's an upside down pyramid and he's like this is how it was explained to me and it's like still a pyramid scheme. <laughs> but it was like about a timeshare. I don't know. That episode's so good. I've watched that one multiple times. I mean, an upside down pyramid is my favorite shape on a man. Sounds like a sex position. <laughs> uh, no, sounds like the shoulders leading down. The only thing that can make the page of wands better is if that wand vibrated. Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I am right. It's all a frequency, the resonance of love. I can feel the frequency of <laughs> love. <laughs> He's looking at that wand like, you know, they have a relationship or something. They actually do. Speaking of relationship, <laughs> that's a perfect segue into the next card, which is looking at what is really behind the surface in the subconscious. And you're making the movement from the page of wands straight to the two of wands. And you're still within this wands energy, but we're at the page of wands. You have this kind of really fiery, sassy ass, like motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the two of wands, you have almost this like more refined, sophisticated version of themselves that has had time to really sit with it. Realizing that where we're going from the unity, which is in the page, we're now looking at the duality. And anytime that you have a duality, you actually have a three hidden in there. Because the moment that you go from one to two, there is now a relationship which creates a third element. So this is in a sense already alluding to the synchronicities and the synergy of the threes that we're going to be later moving into as we continue on this beautiful path of life the two of wands is really here to really invite us to look at the both and and it's almost like the moment that you are hesitating before making your movement but as we discussed previous to this podcast when are you ever really ready <laughs> yeah when are you ever really ready and He's got the whole world in his hands, right? <laughs> the whole world in his hands. This podcast is so annoying. Thanks, guys, for tolerating us and our crazy personalities. This is what happens when you get two Gemini Risings together on a podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid we ever have Katie here with us, too. <laughs> yeah, well, she'll be here soon enough. So uh, you hold on that Gemini island. It's always a party. <laughs> but I love, I love the two of wands. It's a card that I've pulled a lot. I feel like it follows me. And I think it's because we're constantly being faced with having to make a decision. And the twos are about making a decision, but they're also not like you pulled this and now it's time to make the decision. It's like you pulled this because you're being given this opportunity to sit with it until you're ready to make the decision. And maybe that decision's not going to be made right now. And 
<laughs> looking at the other cards that we pulled, maybe that decision is just going to be made for you. And that's generally the case, right? Like if you don't make the decision, life is going to continue to move forward. And that's that's where you get to be in very much that magician role, which is literally you as a grandmaster magician at all times in life. You are always in control of how it is that you are going to mix and match the elements to work in your favor or against your favor. Ultimately, you're never really coming off the path because all paths lead back to you. Mm-hmm. Our next card is what is hidden. And then we have six of swords. Swords to always being a little bit challenging in the sense that it's really about the things that we face in everyday life. And with this card in particular, it's almost like we're being given an opportunity to move away from our problems, but it's also a reminder like, what are we bringing with us? A lot of the times it's easy to get out of one situation and into another, but if you didn't take the time to really unpack, to lighten your load, you're bringing the same shit with you. And every time I see this card, it just reminds me of when I moved to Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Did you come by boat? Is that why? Uh, No. (laughs) I wish. I mean, I don't. As you know, and our listeners don't know this, but I was recently on a boat and it did not go well. It did not go well. I will just say the Dramamine... You did me dirty, okay? I needed like a whole pack of that to get through the seasickness. So I'm a pass on the Six of Swords personally. That's a boat I'm not going to be on because it's too damn small. Uh, yeah. Get me a yacht. <laughs> get me a yacht and I'm interested. And if you look at uh, the water on the side of the boat, it's got a little bit of turbulence on it. So, you know, you're still... It's, uh, I have like PTSD. <laughs> I'm like having fucking flashbacks. Uh, yeah. That's uh, me in the blanket, like wrapped up. Throwing <laughs> sick <up>. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's me uh, trying to guide you through it. Because if I could give you my iron stomach, I wish you had that as a resource. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else on the boat with me. Right. <laughs> Poor tortured souls. I know. So like uh, this card, it uh, a lot of times traditionally I've been associated to like travel, moving away from things. But if you look at it from the bird's eye perspective, it's also about how it is that we are tending to ourselves and others while we're making these transitions. Because obviously, like you got this bitch in her blanket throwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's still steering that fucking boat. (laughs) That's right. Somebody's got to steer us back to shore. Yeah. So like there's just a reminder how there's always like this interplay between the the characters within the story and like how they're in relationship to everything else, which brings us back to that two of wands energy, which is inviting us to look at just the relationship between self and other. And what is that if not a beautiful segue into Libra, which then connects us to justice, AKA adjustment, because as we are moving through the wheel of life, which is another one of our cards, we're constantly having to recenter, rebalance, come back to that place. And I think justice as a card, it's really beautiful because justice will be served. It's connected to time. It's connected to karma. It's connected to the unfolding of all things. And really the structure that we're all looking at has a deeper hidden truth behind it. And justice is really inviting us to 
see the interplay between us interacting with the world around us and how we are leaving energetic markers or footprints in larger and smaller circles depending on how it is that we're engaging with the external world and that's really important to look at i mean even earlier today i was just saying how i hate how everybody just sees the fucking veil and nobody looks behind the veil and what is she sitting in front of if not a veil and i mean behind that veil is probably a free britney flag i mean am i right can we get some justice for this woman seriously i mean have you noticed that every time she's got a show she's got a cage in there and she's in the cage Ooh, that's subtle but the symbolism there's so much symbolism here deep as fuck yeah i love the justice card because it whips you back into shape it's a card about accountability it is a card that's about karma and another card that's about karma is the next card that we pulled which is the wheel of fortune yeah and the wheel of fortune too you look at it and not only do you have all of the fixed signs right there with the little books taking notes but you also have that wheel in the middle and you see the intersectionality in it let's bring you back to the crossroads you are at the crossroads you are the intersection between heaven and hell and all the directions and all the pieces. You're literally the focal point, the seed of creation that's creating everything outside of it. So how could you reel it in? Not get lost in the chaos. And I think justice is like here as an accomplice to the wheel to kind of remind you that where justice is here to use that sort of truth to cut through the veil to see what's really there. The wheel of fortune is reminding you to bring it in and like see what's there for you without getting so caught up in the external pieces that are just a part of the dance if you look at the card as well it says torah which is the book of like knowledge and wisdom it's also rota which comes from like rotation so it's the rotation of life and uh it's also tarot which is the royal path shout out to rebecca (laughs) for um her like beautiful teachings on all of this yes all that egyptian tarot and i know this is not in alignment with egyptian tarot because this is more modernized but i work with the wheel of fortune as connected to the planet jupiter and i think it's really interesting that the wheel of fortune came out to play for the month of august because jupiter if you recall from former episodes was in pisces as of may 13th And at the end of July, it moved back into Aquarius in retrograde. And it's going to be in Aquarius retrograde until October. It will station direct. And then at the end of December, it will move from Aquarius back into Pisces, where it's going to be for the rest of pretty much all of 2022. And so we're getting this opportunity to reposition ourselves in the center of the wheel of fortune when it comes to what we're engaging with and how we are expanding. So looking at your own natal chart, where you have Pisces and where you have Aquarius are two very activated areas. First off, because we have Saturn in Aquarius and Saturn has stayed there and is going to continue to be there for a while longer. And then we have Jupiter who's jumped between the two and will be returning to Pisces, like I said, at the end of the year. So wherever Jupiter goes, it is expanding what it touches. 
So where is Aquarius in your chart? That is going to be an area of expansion for you internally until about October when it stations direct and then externally until, like I said, the end of the year. So this is a very helpful thing that you can do to look at your own chart and use tracking transits to help yourself understand how your own life is unfolding and your own soul purpose is becoming known to you. Mm, that's like nectar to my ears <laughs> being an Aquarius sun and uh, Mercury. So like your girl's expanding. I also mm -hmm. have Jupiter around my neck. I'm working with Jupiter as one of the ceremonial magical pieces and spirit guides that has been paving my path forward into this beautiful expansive cycle. And in Egyptian tarot, the Wheel of Fortune is actually connected to my ruling planet, which is Uranus, which is a driver of change. So if you want to look at it from that perspective as well, the Wheel of Fortune is also reminding us that there's opportune times to take action. And as you were saying right now, maybe it's best to wait until it goes direct again in Aquarius in October before you make any sudden moves or any action on some of the ideas because now you're being offered this opportunity to sit through it and revise and maybe that's what these fixed elements are doing in this card that eagle which is scorpio that angel which is aquarius and then the bull and the lion they're taking notes but maybe they're not taking notes maybe they're here revising making sure they've fucking dotted their eyes and crossed their t's i love that so from there we have our final card of the month which is the King of Swords and the King of Swords is almost like the culmination of all of these together. Not only is he holding a sword like justice, but he's very much sitting on his throne. He is grounded as grounded can be. There's literally a landscape around him that just shows him at the center of the wheel. You can say from that vantage point, not only does he know where he's going, he's aware of his pizzazz. But he's got the clarity and the discernment to make sure that he is not carrying whatever biases and past things with him from this perspective so that he can serve himself and the people around him, being able to cut through illusion and be able to hold down his boundaries while also deeply honoring his truth and taking up space without taking up other space. And that is what true humble confidence looks like because you're able to hold people within their own experience without invalidating them and still moving from that place and the higher perspective to know that you are in perfect alignment to everything and everyone within your circles of influence. Yeah. And it's also wielding that position of power that you're in when you're in King of Swords energy to have a courageous intelligence which is emotional intelligence right we can't get to the king of swords without integrating how the mind and the heart work together you can't just be focusing on one and neglecting the other by the time you get to a king by the time that you are externalizing the message that you have to share because i work with the king of swords as an air suit and uni i know you work with it as earth when we combine those energies the earth and the air which is actually going to come into play later on in this episode because of the second Aquarius full moon. So put a little 
bookmark in your mind for that. (laughs) When we combine those things and we're very grounded in our truth and we're speaking from a place of like having been resourced on our own. We're not going to others to fill our cups. We've taken care of ourselves and we've gone to the communities that we're working with in a collaborative nature to fill those cups together. Nobody else is having to come up empty so that you can give. And it's it's the same both ways. Like we're all working together so that it is a safe space to share your truth as the king of swords. Mm, it's almost like being that sacred space holder that keeps that container safe and clear and protective and also i like to say you can't be a king if you weren't a queen that's (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) and uh, those are pretty much the cards for this month so let's go ahead and dive into the transits yes so our first transit for august is a big one it is on sunday august 8th which is the Leo new moon and 8-8 is known as the Lion's Gate portal. So with this new moon, it's actually in a conjunction to Mercury in Leo. And this is going to be a portal of communication via creative expression. We are leveraging our generosity with Jupiter at 28 degrees in an opposition to the new moon because Jupiter, if you remember, is back in Aquarius now. And that new moon is at 16 degrees in Leo. So it's not a very tight orb. It's actually a pretty wide orb, but it's still at play. And then we have Saturn at nine degrees in Aquarius, who is going to help us with prioritizing our time. We cannot give to others, like I said, without having given to ourselves first. And if we do give to others before we give to ourselves, we will end up with an empty tank and less passion for our own creative endeavors. The Leo new moon is not a time for compromise when it comes to personal freedom or desires. This portal opens our channels of communication so that we can speak our needs, wishes, and boundaries with ease in order to protect our flame from a very windy world. The Saturn-Uranus square also comes into play because Uranus is in a T-square to Saturn and the new moon in Leo. We are continuing to confront the changes required by Uranus in order to grow sustainably because remember Uranus is in Taurus in both our identity and our emotional inner worlds. That's the sun and the moon at play. With nearly all the outer planets and Chiron retrograde at this time, the work we're doing is very internal. But the Leo new moon may ask us to begin to express the changes we've been working on externally as leo is unafraid of stepping out onto the world's stage speaking of wounded healer and comet chiron the new moon is in a trine to chiron at eight degrees in aries as well as saturn again who's at nine degrees in aquarius who is in a sextile to chiron healing ourselves requires that we open our hearts and as we spoke about in the last episode Leo rules the heart. So with Saturn in the mix of all of this, it's important to consider what structures we have in place that are supporting or hindering our ongoing healing. This can be as big as staying at a job where you work overtime, but you don't see an increase in pay or recognition for the excess of hours worked or as small as 
recognizing the daily habits that we have in place that support or sabotage our soul evolution. And with these transits connecting back to the Leo new moon, how we communicate and advocate for changes in those structures, very Saturnian, is extremely important to our ability to feel safe and welcome to express our creativity and passion, which are things that this new moon wants to help us open up to. So what in your life have you told yourself no about that is actually just a self-created limitation? Who would you be if you thought no one else was watching? What would you do differently? The Leo new moon wants us to challenge our own status quo. And it may be uncomfortable to do this, but it will be far less comfortable to live a lie than to begin courageously stepping into our power. I love this Leo new moon, Uni. What do you think about the connection between the new moon and the cards that we pulled for the month? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's all of those cards, like literally, where the new moon is asking you to be uncompromising in how you are really, in a sense, protecting the valuable resources that is your time, your energy. That is the page of wands, 100%. And the intersection between it and the two of wands, because now you're being calculated. You're weighing out how much time do I have to give? Where the six of swords is is that limited story, is that thing that you may be bringing out to. Where justice or adjustment is here to really be that Uranian energy that's cutting through it and just saying, like, let's revisit this because obviously there is something here that is not truly aligned that is a false narrative that needs to be broken out of and you know what how beautiful it is that we have something to break out of it gives us like the boundary line to be boundless in our strides forward and there's a very big difference between freedom and liberation freedom is a given liberation is a release And I think the wheel is giving us that release if we can stay within our groundedness of the King of Swords as we are making these necessary but not easy shifts into this really vast unknown in order to really get a glimpse or a taste of what's on the other side of that veil just so that we can move forward. And I think um, for any of our people that create or work with moon water and such this black moon so let me backtrack a little bit historically a new moon was technically the first sliver of light that came after the black moon so what we call a new moon is actually the black moon and the black moon has a beautiful potential to create some powerful potent as black moon water and black moon water is created just the way that you would regular moon water but you put the water in a black vessel along with your favorite black stones and you keep it out there you can infuse it with herbs or anything but this black moon water is very good for shadow work like particularly good for protection like incredibly good for protection i don't know if anybody has like connected the dots but all the protection stones are color black that's right. I know that. I don't know any of the names of any of them. Is 
Termaline. Termaline. I almost just said like terminal, which means <laughs> like you're going to die. And you know what? That's actually probably accurate because part of you is going to die. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, that's a good thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing because what is death if not your surrender to the transformation that's at hand? And something has to die because it's just another initiation. So with this black moon water is the idea that like then you leave it out overnight and then the next morning you drink it. Uh, you can bottle it. You can drink it. Yes. So if you're drinking it, then you might want to be mindful of what herbs you're putting inside of it because certain <laughs> yeah. things like uh, hyssop are very potent cleansers, but they're also poisonous. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you can use it if you're using it for protection. Pour it around or spritz it around your room. The, you do the ice bucket challenge. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> it's been a long time. There's actually a squat challenge right now, and I'm like, so for it. You're so for it. Oh, yeah. You have no idea. I love that. And for people who are wondering, it's okay to drink this water. It's okay to charge your crystals under the new moon. This is not eclipse energy. Yes. The eclipse energy, like that's still lingering, but it's not direct eclipse energy. So you're not going to be infusing eclipse energy into your water or your crystals. If you are working with those tools for this new moon, you have a green light from the Soulful of a podcast host. We support that. Yeah. And we just moved into Leo. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but now the, like all the signs moving forward is like doing with the relationship with others. So it's like most of the work that we were doing previously was like more like self-centered and like more focused on the internal piece. So it's like a perfect time to use that water to cleanse off your stones, especially your protection stones that are holding up the literal boundaries to what you allow in or out of your experience. As I like to do, I'll just keep it on my altar, bottle that shit up and like spritz it around when I come in contact with motherfuckers that are radiating some creepy ass energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that reminds me of the meme that the icon katie gersh <laughs> sent to us and i posted it so i don't know if any of you saw this, this is a little while ago but it said a spell to get someone to leave you the fuck alone the materials that you're gonna need are salt here are your instructions you throw salt at your intended target and you say, stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> and if it doesn't work the first time, you repeat it, but you aim for the eyes. <laughs> you could do that with moon water. Totally. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a little bit less invasive and it actually keeps uh, the spirits away. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever's afraid of water. It's maybe dogs. Some dogs don't like water. Some uh -huh. cats for sure. Like, no, get the, the fuck away from me. Oh, yeah. So that's how you make some black moon water. Yeah, it's a little salty. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Extra salt, please. That's, that's so true. <laughs> he salts everything, guys. Everything he eats is like salted. I'm the saltiest bitch you've ever known. You're like a slug. <laughs> Actually, like, salt kills slugs. So uh, I know. <laughs> it depends are you if you're into that. Like maybe you're like, ah, oh, I'm close to, I'm almost there. I foam up at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so our next transit is on Wednesday the 11th. We have Mercury moving into Virgo and Mercury rules Virgo. So it's really loving it in this transit and it's nearly three weeks long because remember Mercury moves really quickly. 
in the sign of the Virgin. And it's supported because, again, it feels at home here. If you've got a vision that you've been holding, but you haven't yet begun putting a plan in place to bring it to fruition, this transit is perfectly aligned to help you make your dream a reality. And if you're not ready yet to step into the action phase, that's okay. Sometimes the plan requires a small action like buying the plane ticket to begin solidifying into the physical world what the vision is like, I want to travel here, I keep talking about it. Let's do one thing that moves it forward, even if I buy the plane ticket and it's like a year out, you know? Small steps are still steps forward in progress. It's also good to ask for any help that you may need because that Virgoian energy can be very good for attracting mentors. And if you've had a lack of organization, then this is also a great transit for getting your shit Together, you can use this as a time to purge what's not needed and to create space for what's coming. Clean out your old closets, organize your digital files, use your critical thinking skills to analyze what in your orbit is supporting your projects and passions and what may be distracting you from it. On the communication side, of course, there are some shadows for this transit. The biggest one being the tendency to project your expectations onto others. The saying, if you want it done right the first time, do it yourself, is a good example of how to not navigate this energy. (laughs) Criticism and perfectionism are themes that always arrive when we're navigating this Virgo energy. And with Mercury in Virgo, it's helpful to remember that we all see the world through our own unique lenses. What's imperfect to you may appear to be above and beyond to someone else. So ask yourself, how can you approach your communications from a place of support rather than condemnation during this nearly three weeks long transit. Uni, what do you think about the connection between Mercury and Virgo and the cards we pulled? Well, considering that criticism aspect, I think that is very much the energy of the reversal of justice and the reversal of the King of Swords, really, because at that point you're moving from this authoritative perspective where you know more than anyone else because you're holding the sword and uh mercury being in its like sign of virgo it likes it just like it does with gemini and it is fast moving but also if you want to look at mercury as being connected to literally hermes the god that mercury is like named after he is one of the few gods that's offered that has permission to go into the underworld and out of it so it's very much like the representation of being at the threshold being able to walk between the worlds between the veils so you have a beautiful opportunity to be of service but you also have that trickster kind of energy to be able to fuck shit up in your favor (laughs) (laughs) being these uh in between spaces so i think it's important to be able to like recognize that and like see that within yourself in order for you to better show up for your community better show up for others without letting yourself kind of be on a pedestal in some sort of way and luckily it's a three-week transit so we will be quickly moving through it and on to whatever is next and i think that's also like kind of brings us back to the wheel of fortune too because if you look at the card there's a little devil on the bottom (laughs) 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 
Little devil wants to rise up every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, he's got to go all the way around the circle at some point. Right. Isn't he typhus? Yeah, I think he's typhus. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm. I'd typhus. (laughs) I like the names hot. (laughs) You would. I know. So good. (laughs) And you're right. Mercury moves quick and so do we. Venus enters Libra on Sunday, the 15th. Venus is also pretty quick. This is going to be just over three weeks long of a transit and with venus entering libra this is also a sign that venus is at home with just like mercury in virgo the keywords here are harmonious balanced relationships while the leo new moon asked us to center ourselves and our needs venus's transit through the sign of the scales suggests the opposite This is a transit of compromise and give and take. I think it's interesting that we pulled the Six of Swords in connection to this specific transit because I don't think running away is the answer. And sometimes folks interpret the Six of Swords as a love it or leave it energy. Yet the boat is full of swords. So while we may be moving forward, we mustn't forget that our thoughts and our ideas are still with us. And maybe some of those ideas are too rigid to survive the journey. Maybe we need to push some of these swords overboard before we arrive at our destination. Maybe we need to take this journey across water as a time to reflect on how we could make more space for others and how we may need to compromise on the narratives we've held onto that have prevented us from becoming closer to those in our lives whose presence, wisdom, and love could be so mutually beneficial It completely transforms the way that we love ourselves. Mm. And that is the integration of the Leo new moon that we're looking for. By taking that time earlier in the month to focus on our passions, we're able to begin seeing with more clarity who is really here to support us on our journey. Mm. Also, the boat isn't being taken out to sea as a solo adventure. There are three bodies here. So who are two other people in your orbit that can help you through the maze of your own mind? Those people deserve your love just as they deserve your compromise. Uni, what do you think about this transit and its connection to Six of Swords or any of the other cards that we pulled? It's got a lot of connections, actually. So what if those turbulent waters on that corner of that card are the difficulties that we need to go through within this transitional period in order for some of those fucking swords to fall overboard. Mm. And maybe those three aspects are the different aspects of yourself, whether that child sitting next to the mother is your child self and the person guiding the boat is your evolved future self that's in a sense your future ancestor guiding you through those waters. And we were just talking about justice in reverse being the critical aspects of Mercury in Virgo. What of that rigidity is was holding on to these narratives? And while you're sitting in that boat, you could very much be in this two of wands energy where you're reflective on your life, on the world, on the spiritual essence that is peering behind the veil so that you could, in a sense, see the clarity that is the king of swords that's able to see all of the pieces that's able to be sitting in the center of the wheel watching everything and it's beautiful dance so that as you are moving forward you are recognizing again that 
Venus and Libra energy. So you're considering all of the entities, all of the relationships, whether they're one-to-one, one-to-many, or many-to-many. There is always a connection that is, in some sense, feeding into the larger schema of literally the database of life. (laughs) The database of life. So Aquarian of you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) On brand. (laughs) I love that. And I think you're right. It really does connect to all the cards in a different way. And Venus in Libra is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful transit. It is so wonderful to have this opportunity to reconsider the other, especially after, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, really focusing on ourselves and doing that without explaining like, hey, I need to take time for myself. Like, Yeah, of course you do. We all do. We don't need to make excuses for it or explanations for it. Sometimes we just need to take what's ours and your time belongs to you. And a lot of people are waking up to that Mm. with all the shifts happening in this world is like reclaiming your time, reclaiming who you spend your time with because Libra is about relationships who really matters in your orbit. If you could only bring two people on the boat, who would they be? Me and myself. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Not kidding. Not kidding. (laughs) So from there, we do have on Thursday, the 19th, Uranus's annual retrograde. It's in Taurus and it's going to be retrograde until the new year. And this is about interchanges that are taking place in response to external changes that we've witnessed outside of ourselves. Uranus has been direct since January of this year. So we've had several months to experience those external changes. And now we're diving deeper into the conflicting energy of that Saturn Uranus square that's been occurring in the backdrop of this entire year. What lessons have you learned that taught you about prioritizing your personal freedom? What innovations have you witnessed or initiated that have set you free in some way? With the pandemic, we've seen major shifts in our societal structures. Companies who said their employees could never work from home have had to trust their employees to do just that. People who weren't taking great care of their health started seeing how important it is to care for their health. Many of those who lost their jobs realized that they hated their jobs and they've launched their own new ventures and entered the world as entrepreneurs where they're able to structure, that's Saturn, right? their own schedules and feed their families by working with in their own passions. This is liberation. This is Uranus in action. There have been so many shifts outside of us and now it is time to begin allowing the shifts within us to catch up with the outside world. What do you think about this transit, Uni? As I'm looking at this page of wands and the two of wands, it's exactly that with that wheel of fortune underneath the wheel of fortune being the societal structures that have now been forcibly brought into change thanks to that beautiful uranium energy and now we're literally writing up a new game plan for it and maybe that's what those little notebooks are for because now we're seeing the potentiality of a whole new world that's in our hand (laughs) (laughs) And uh, how we can empower ourselves through it so that we are able to move on from what we thought that we once knew, yet 
now have rediscovered in a new transformative way. And in a sense, it's really giving us the justice that was robbed from us from a system that told us that we have to literally wear necktie or leash for the corporate empires that rule the world that said that we couldn't work from home. And now we're seeing that actually we can. And it actually makes more sense for us to be working from home. So then we get a little bit more of that work-life balance. And we really need that, especially with people re-entering the workforce after so much time of uncertainty and not just with everything going on health-wise, but also in job structures. I mean, we're seeing like car rental places. The cost of renting a car has skyrocketed. And why is that? Because in order to weather the storm of the pandemic, they sold a bunch of their cars. And... Because of the pandemic, all of these places, these semiconductor businesses that are creating the chips that go into these cars and like fucking everything else have shortages because their workers weren't working because they had to shut down their whole fucking operation because a person had COVID or whatever, right? Like there's so many things that happened that forced us to reconsider why the fuck we're doing what we're doing and who the fuck we really are. And that is Uranus in action, what I always say is I'm not who I once was. And frankly, I don't miss her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I honor her, but I don't miss her. And if that isn't that wheel of fortune energy just coming in, I don't know what is. And it's just so crazy that we were doing things this way for so long. That was the way we've always done it. And Wow. It did not serve us. I know. Like, like how the hell did we forget that Britney was like <laughs> held in a cage? For 13 years. 13, a.k.a. death. Yeah, that's right. 13th card of the Major Arcana is the death card. She is being reborn. Mm-hmm. And it's also the interplay between power and uh, the surrendering over to a power outside of yourself. And I think... As being in this five year with the hair font energy, we're about to see that fucking interplay come down. Yeah, and I'm ready for it. Grab your popcorn because <laughs> she gonna be free. She gonna be free. Not soon enough. Every day that goes by that she's not free is not soon enough. No, but you know, it's just creating a well of energy. Yeah, it's building up and building up and building up. And Jamie Spears, you better run away, man, because Karma's, your truth is coming. Karma's a bit. Yeah, and she will get you. Mm-hmm. And a justice card. We'll hex you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we're closing in on the end of our transits, but one of our last ones is the sun moving into Virgo on the 22nd. So that initiates Virgo season. This is yin mutable earth, and the sun's movement into Virgo is our annual invitation into refinement. Or as I like to say, refine what I meant because Mercury is the ruler of Virgo and still in Virgo for one more week at this point, keeping our attention on our communication styles. Is it constructive or is it just criticism? I don't know that I even believe in constructive criticism. I think that there's criticism, which tends to focus on what went wrong. And then there is feedback which comes from a place of coaching and care and focuses on identifying a solution in a co-collaborative way. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. If I had my hat on, I'd take it off for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And on this same day, the 22nd, we also have our second Aquarius full moon. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And this is occurring at 29 degrees, which is known as a critical degree. People have a little bit of a debate going on around this being known as a blue moon. And if you remember back to last October, I know that was a long time ago now, but for those who've been here the whole time, Mm. if you know, you know. And in that last October that we had, we began the month with a full moon and we ended the month with a full moon. And so we had two full moons in the same calendar month and that's known as a blue moon. Yep. Also having two full moons in the same sign which is going to create four total full moons between seasonal shifts. So between your solstice to your equinox. That is also known as a blue moon or a double full moon for obvious reasons, right? So the debate here is that some astrologers are like, no, a blue moon is only when there are two full moons in the same calendar month. And other astrologers are like, no, it's (laughs) that you have four total full moons and two of them in the same sign. There's just a lot of debate around it. So I wanted to mention that as in true Gemini rising fashion that I think actually everybody's right. <laughs> uh-huh. The both end. Yeah, totally. And this full moon is awesome. And I hinted at it at the beginning of our episode because we have a grand earth trine happening between Uranus and Taurus at 14 degrees Mars at 14 degrees conjunct Venus at 18 degrees in Virgo. And then we have Pluto hanging out in Capricorn at 24 degrees. So that's the Earth energy. We also have strong air energy. Obviously, it's an Aquarius full moon and that is an air sign. It is going to be in a trine with Venus, who's in Libra at seven degrees And then we have the North Node in Gemini at seven degrees. And while we don't technically include the nodes of the moon as part of a grand trine configuration, like in a reading, I wouldn't technically call that a grand trine. I still feel like this is really powerful air energy. So we've got both the earth and the air energy influencing this full moon. And these trines are flavoring it with ease and receptivity, which is that earth energy And also in our ability to initiate and take action, which is that air energy. And I love this interplay that's happening because it's very king of swords, because we were just talking about how that's both earth and air. And this full moon is earth and air. Mm -mm -mm. So what challenges or opportunities have presented themselves back on July 23rd during that first Aquarius full moon? This is going to be our second chance to wrap that up. This Aquarius culmination, we can close things out easily. This reminds me of my word for 2021, which was easy. And I had the mantra, and I'm still working with this actively, let it be easy. And that is what I've been focusing on all year. Because humans often complicate things that don't need additional complications. We can overthink or overreact. When we come from a place of distrust or scarcity or lack, Aquarius reminds us that there is more than enough for everybody to feel free. We are the same and yet we are also all so very unique. It's the both and of humanity 
And with Jupiter conjunct this Aquarian full moon, we're being invited to expand our awareness of the collective consciousness and the part that we play in the bigger picture of the world. Connecting this full moon to the wheel of fortune, which I work as ruled by Jupiter, feels very aligned with me. As with the wheel of fortune, we don't always understand how big the waves of change we're making on the shore can become as they travel through the ecosystem of the ocean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this second Aquarius full moon, especially as an Aquarius sun sign? This is a big one for you. This is a big year for you. Firstly, this has been the biggest year of my life for me. <laughs> and uh, I can't help but think that as I'm looking at this two of wands, maybe that world that he's holding in his hand is a damn wheel. That's just, oh, my God. That, yes. <laughs> that's just expanding, changing, Snaps. shifting. And as you're moving through those waters, which maybe those swords are that critical Virgo energy that you may be looking at, but now you have that expansive Jupiter energy and then this beautiful trine, which reminds me of just like a beautiful upside down triangle, like the back of a man. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, all of this are the elements that are there for literally your potential. And I couldn't be happier to be in my native lands during this full moon, which I know is going to flavor it with the flavor of the earth and the air and the sea and everything in between. So I am ready to ground down and maybe for once in a blue moon, not feel (laughs) (laughs) crazy on the Aquarian full moon. Yeah, this is your second chance. I know that last one hit you kind of hard. So hopefully this next one is a little, like I said, more easeful for us and It doesn't have to be hard. We don't have to make things hard. And also being in a fixed sign, asking ourselves, like, what am I being too damn rigid about? Oh, no. Why does it always have to be so hard? Why can't I just be easy? Yeah. Why can't it just be easy? Let it be easy. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Cover girl. (laughs) God, (laughs) it's like an ad. (laughs) Cover girl, please sponsor us. We need your money. We need your covers. That's right. We need we need you to free Britney, actually. If you're gonna show up, fucking free Britney. Give us back our Britney. Give us back our Britney. (laughs) Leave her alone. Leave Britney alone. Cut through that shit. You don't remember that video? Google it. Totally worth like two minutes of your life. Right. And from there, in all of our weirdness, we have our final transit of August, which is on Sunday, the 29th. Mercury is going to move into Libra. This transit is going to be a lengthier one because Mercury will station retrograde in Libra next month on September 26th. So mark your calendar, keeping the planet of the messenger in the realm of balance until the first week in November. So this is over two months long. Libra is the third and final air sign that Mercury travels backwards through in 2021, having already visited fellow air signs, Aquarius and Gemini earlier in the year. And Mercury's journey through Libra brings our focus back onto equity and also integrating curiosity. And with the King of Swords as the tarot card that we pulled to align with this transit specifically, We're being invited to courageously use our channels to advocate for justice. 
which is why I wasn't at all surprised to see that we also pulled the justice card for August. Uni, what's your take on Mercury in Libra and how it connects to the cards that we pulled? Well, Mercury, as I see Hermes, is a messenger. and I like to see it as a collaborative partner to the divine energy that really like rules the earth being the messenger and all the relayer of information. You could think of it as an ambassador of the spiritual world. Looking at both of those cards, what do they have in common? The sort of truth. That sort of truth is the sort of power. It's what's cutting through the illusion. It's literally what it's allowing you to deliver that message with the most amount of clarity. And I see it as a beautiful opportunity to just see the equity that you're talking about on larger scale and on a very personal scale because the change has to start with you and then that echoes and ripples outwards kind of like those little waves on the six of swords and that being said those are my thoughts on it and i really really enjoy libra energy and i'm glad that we get to have it for a little bit longer because i can't get enough of my libras yeah, they're so good. We love the Libras. And your season is coming. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's also like, it reminds me of that balancing of the heart and the feather. Keep that balance. That's right. And with the sword, it makes me think of Game of Thrones. If you recall, their sword, the one that everybody's after, that Jon Snow has or whatever. I think maybe a different character had it at some point as well. I'm clearly a hardcore Game of Thrones fan, as I recall so much of it. Um, That last season, damn you. Shakes fist at sky. Is that that was one sword, the Valyrian steel, made of that dragon's blood, I believe. And that made that one sword so much more powerful than any other form of protection that anybody had. And it was just one sword. So keeping in mind that you can have one idea or one contribution that can change everything. Or one truth in magic as well, like swords, like steel and iron. Spirits don't like it. That's why it's used usually in order to like create your circle because it's the only thing that you can stick outside of the circle to like grab something, like let's say a piece of paper and like pull it in without the spirits latching on to you. It's also... The iron, which is the part of the hemoglobin that holds on to the molecules of oxygen within the red blood cells. So it brings us back to the blood. That is to say that we have the earth running through our veins. Yes, and we have the wisdom of whatever sword we choose to wield in this world to help us create justice, create equity, create opportunities for there to be divine balance within our world, our ecosystems, our relationships, and even, I would say, most importantly, our relationship to ourself. Because, you know, in Leo season, earlier in the month, it's really focusing on ourselves. And the more that we focus on ourselves and taking care of ourselves, the more ready and available we are to help others when they come to us in need. And that's a big part of this month. And wrapping up here, we're now in Virgo season. So like I said, 
get organized, get your shit together, spend some time in some Virgoian energy. If you've got a Virgo sun sign around, always great to hang out with them when it's Virgo season. They will help raise your vibration. And with all of that being said, that's everything we've got for you guys in this episode. Thank you for joining us and for putting up with our wonderfully ridiculous <laughs> energy. <laughs> <laughs> Sending you guys love for a wonderful month of August and uni will be back soon, but expect to hear Katie on the next episode. Most definitely incredible Katie Gersh. (laughs) The icon. (laughs) My Gemini twin. And until then, we're here for you. Love you guys. Cheers. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.